we get into business because we love doing whatever it is we're doing. And then all of a sudden we're in it and it gets hard and we go, should I really be doing this? Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure. Free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice to ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and a whole bunch of others. First off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend. Because it's Saturday, we're doing a special segment called Situation Saturday. And with us today is the author of the best-selling book, Is Your Business Worth Saving? And the situation is, well, maybe our real estate business is not doing so hot. So we need to take a hard look on at if it is worth saving or not. And how about the author of the book, Is Your Business Worth Saving, helping us talk through the questions we ask and how we evaluate it. How are you doing, Stacy Tushel? Hi, Jill. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Well, you're welcome. And I'm super excited that you're with us. And a little bit about Stacy. She is the creator of the Business Rescue Roadmap, which is a system of assessing your business and pulling it back from the brink of failure She's author of the aforementioned book. Her book had over 13,000 downloads within 24 hours of launching, and she's turned her business, she started at 18 years old, into a seven-figure business. So that being said, Stacy, before we tackle the overall focus of our conversation, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's a little bit different than usual, (laughs) you know, a little out of the ordinary, but I started teaching dance classes at the age of 18 in my parents' backyard. 
It was one of those things where I was just graduating high school. I didn't want to stop dancing, but I wasn't going to go and be a professional. I was going to school full-time at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, getting a business degree. And as I'm getting this business degree and I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to go get a job and what am I going to do? I kept growing this, not, it wasn't even a side hustle. It wasn't a business. It was just my hobby. And within three years, I was teaching a hundred kids still in my parents' backyard uh, where I'm from Wisconsin. So I know you're from Michigan. So, you know, the weather here is not too great. <laughs> so we had to get a church basement. They let us use it for free because of what we were doing for these kids. So we would go in the winters in the church basement and the summers in the backyard. And then all of a sudden I decided, okay, I think I need to go for it and do this. And at age 21, I incorporated and now that, that story, I started in the backyard almost 15 years ago, and now it is a seven-figure business. We have two locations, both commercial buildings that I own, so I do have some real estate as well. And it's just, it's a crazy, crazy story of how this really began and where we started from. So kind of interesting, but yeah, got some real estate along the way, knew that that was going to be kind of one of my, my retirement plans as an entrepreneur. So I've always been really excited and interested in real estate too. Mm, what a delightful surprise about the real estate angle. I didn't even know you yeah. owned the two buildings. Uh, because it's a real estate podcast, I have to ask you, and then we're going to focus on is your business worth saving or not. Yeah. But I do have to ask you, what are the numbers on those two buildings and why did you decide to purchase them versus rent them, which typically uh, entrepreneurs tend to do? Yeah. Great question. I'm so glad you asked that. So a lot of people, absolutely. They just keep renting. And for me, I just, I can't, I, I, you know, I need to be putting that retirement. I need to be thinking about my future. And for me, I'm going to own these businesses. I, the first building, I think I was like 23 or 24 when I started it. And, or when I, I should say when I bought that building. So for me, it made sense because I kept thinking I'm going to do this for 30, 40, 50 years why would I rent when I could be buying these buildings? So it has been really incredible. And then the second building, I kind of started going, okay, well, how do I get rental income from this too? So not only did I buy the second building, but I actually turned it into a little suite where we have a nail salon that rents from us and they're in there as well. So that's kind of exciting too. Does the, and the second building, does the rent from your tenant cover the mortgage? It does not cover the entire mortgage. They have a, like a, probably a quarter of the space that we do, but we have, it was a huge property, four acres, and we're able to add on to the space. So we'll have a phase two on that building where we'll bring in two additional tenants and those three tenants combined will pay the rent on the building or the mortgage on the building. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So let's talk about your book and your book's really focus. Is your business worth saving? Why? Or how did you come up with this approach? Because it's it's something I hadn't come across before. Yeah. As far as focusing on, is your business worth saving? Right. And it's so funny because that is the biggest question. Well, how did you come up with that title? That's just so, so strange that somebody would ask that. You would be surprised how many people are asking that. And, and to show you, you know, within 24 hours, 13,000 people picked the book up. So it, I think it's one of those things we get into business because we love doing whatever it is we're doing. And then all of a sudden we're in it and it gets hard and we go, should I really be doing this? Is this really worth it? Do I really love this enough to keep pushing when times get tough? So it's something that I think a lot more people think about 
than we realize. And the reason I felt able, comfortable enough to put it out there was because when you're buying a book on Amazon, you're not, you're not doing it publicly. Nobody sees what you're buying. You're grabbing this privately and then I, I can help save those businesses, which is so fun for me. And we can kind of dive in a little bit deeper of how do we know if it's worth saving and all of that too. But it's been a really great journey for me to see some of these people who have been thinking about giving up and now they're pushing forward because of some of these strategies. And I, I, I'd love to know how or, or why are you the person, and I, I, I mean, it's just because just I'm curious, not because yeah, I'm like yeah. trying to qualify you, but I'm like, did you have a business that was failing or why are you the person who's talking about, is your business worth saving? Yeah. So here's kind of the story of how this title actually came to be. So at the time I already have my, my first business, it's a seven figure business. We gross over a million dollars a year annually. I already was doing really well, but yeah, I had, I had started a couple businesses here and there thinking, Oh, this is going to be fun. And then just letting it go, like thinking, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And maybe I got into it thinking, Oh, this will be really profitable. This will be a really great moneymaker. And then I'm going, but I don't really love doing this. So I would let some things go or I've done some partnerships, things like that, that didn't work out. But I've always kept my first business that I've ever had still around today. So kind of interesting that way. But what, what I was seeing and what I was witnessing was I was going to these conferences with people that were becoming my friends. I was seeing them all of the time, same conference after, you know, another, and my business was doing really well. And I was following these experts on stage, exactly what they were saying. I was following it and I was implementing it, and it was working. But for some reason, some of these other people, it wasn't working. And I started to really question, what's going on? What are they doing? And, and why do they feel this way? And it was funny because as I was kind of researching all of this, I was thinking of, okay, I need a really great opt-in box on my website. And I, want, I wanted the opt-in box to say, is your business worth saving? Click here to find out or take this quiz. And when I was talking to somebody, they're like, did you ever think about that for your book title? So that's kind of how that came across. But I think there's so many times, even when you have a successful business, so many times when you say, oh, this is a lot of work. Do I really want to keep doing this? Is this worth it? Do I want to give up my weekends? Or maybe you're on a vacation and you're not going to do work, but then something pops up and you've got to jump back in there. So it's, it's a lot about, should I really keep doing this? Should I really keep going type of feeling? So let's talk about the questions that we should ask ourselves when we're evaluating if it's worth saving. What, how should we, what should we ask? Yeah. So the first part of the book is really diving in deep to, are you passionate about what you're doing? And one of the biggest things, there are some people that are, there are 100% yes. Some people that eh, they're, you know, they're not so sure. And my next question for that is, were you ever passionate about this? Because sometimes we get into these hobbies that we're passionate about, and as we turn them into a business, we start taking on a lot of other, the other tasks and duties that we don't love. So I always question my coaching clients, is this something that we can start to outsource? You know, what are the things you don't love? Let's get them off your plate, and then let's figure out what you absolutely love to do. It just lights you up in the morning. You love to wake up and do this every day. Let's get that back on your plate. And you'd be surprised right there how many people are going, that's it. That's what I was missing. And we keep going in the book because sometimes the answer is, well, yes, I love this, but I just don't know what I'm doing or I just don't know why this isn't working. So we dive into different areas and stages of your business that you need to be looking at and focusing on. Mm. Once someone says, you know what, I, 
I am passionate about what I'm doing, and but I, I still don't know. So I, I still don't know if it's worth saving. What, where do you go from that point? Yeah, so we have this really great quiz. It's called the Business Rescue Roadmap. And what it is, we walk you through all these different questions, and we kind of are looking for those, those little weak spots, right? Those spots, that those blind spots, I should say. Maybe you're focusing so much on one area, but you're losing focus on a few other. And there's many other areas. I'm talking marketing, looking at you. You know, sometimes we are our worst enemy. So I'm always asking my clients, what are your personal strengths? What are your weaknesses? How do we fill that gap there? Who do we hire to be your complementary partner in this? Another thing is knowing your numbers. There are so many people who are afraid to look at their numbers. They don't even want to know how bad it is because they're, they haven't checked and they, and they have no idea. So we talk a lot about knowing those financial numbers, getting the people on your team to help you if you don't, if it's not something you'd love to do. When you work with clients, are they typically small business owners? Yeah, I would say most people are small business owners. I actually just did a poll in my Facebook group, interesting enough. I have about 1,200 people in this small like Facebook group online, and I just said, okay, I want to know who we're talking to here. So I did a poll, and I said, are you an online business owner? Are you a brick-and-mortar business owner? Do you have both? Because that's I've been seeing that happen more often. And another one said, I don't have a business yet, but I'm thinking about starting one. Uh, the biggest one by far was the online business space. Then next, somebody ended up adding an option and it said, I work full time and I'm starting a side hustle. And that was the next most popular. And then underneath that was the brick and mortar. And then under that was, you know, I'm not, I don't have a business, but I'm just, I'm looking to start one. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see there, there's a wide range of people out there, but we all have the same end result. You know, we're all looking to start a business or grow a business, scale a business to be at a level where we can make an impact and make an income and not have to do the nine to five or the side hustles or any of that. You've got a lot going on uh, with your entrepreneurial endeavors. How do you stay productive while maintaining sanity? Yeah. So I do have a lot going on. Um, I, so I've got the online business. I've got my brick and mortar. I have both of those commercial buildings. I also have two residential real estate properties, which we do not have property managers. Um, we've had the worst luck with property managers. So we have it in-house. So we have somebody on our team that actually helps us manage those. And then I have two little girls. So I have an 18 month old and a four-year-old. So Yes, to say that I am busy is a very big understatement. But yeah, I think one of the things that has helped me along the way was I was always setting up this business knowing that I wanted to be a mom someday. So I was an entrepreneur for 10 years before I ever had kids, but I always knew in the back of my mind, okay, I, I want to make sure that I have time for family and then have time to be in my business too. So I think for me, it's been a big thing of trying to separate the two and not having them always, you know, I'm not a stay at home mom that also works. My kids actually go to daycare. So I'm really making sure that I'm fully present in the moment. So right now, you know, recording podcasts, I do a lot of podcast interviews. It's always on days that the kids are at daycare. 
And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, they're home during the days. And it's time where, you know, I'm with them in the morning. Then my husband has them in the afternoon. We, we kind of figure out what works. But what's great about that is I can be fully present in whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm not distracted with them running around or somebody coming in and out of my office. But then on the days that I'm with them, I'm truly with them. I'm not jumping on my computer or on my phone or anything like that. So I think for me, separating them helps me really be there. Mm-hmm. And designing it from the beginning, knowing that yeah. that's where you wanted to go. I mean, with all of those, the responsibilities that you have, I'm sure you get a bunch of emails and I'm sure that you're inundated with the inbox clutter. Is, it, is there any particular way that you you approach that? Yes. And you know, it's so funny too, because I've, I've gotten pretty good at email. I hate email though. I absolutely hate it. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I always say I'm going to hire somebody that checks it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I rarely get text messages, so that's good. But email is just never ending. And I always say, I'm going to hire somebody just to check my email and call me once a day and I'll tell you what you need to tell people. I just don't even want to go in there. That's how much I hate it, but I am pretty good at it. And I almost assume that everybody just knows how to do email and they don't. And recently I had to go into one of my employees. I went inside of her email inbox to grab something and there were 90 emails in the inbox sitting there. And I just had like (laughs) this anxiety panic attack happening because I get my emails to zero every single day. And I think uh, that's pretty uncommon for most people. And I had to really show her. So it's so funny because I'm like, let me jump on a Zoom. I'm going to screen share and I'm going to cruise through these 90 emails. And I did it in less than 20 minutes. And she couldn't believe it. She had no idea how to do something like that. So my biggest tips for you is all about like filters uh, or I shouldn't say filters, labels. So I'm a big fan of Gmail. I use that for all of my accounts. And with my labels, I have something where it's called at immediate action. And then another one that says at reference later, I put the at symbol. So it goes away at the top versus all of those, all of those labels popping up. So I've got a, an immediate action and then I have a reference later. And then I have another folder that says follow up. So as I'm checking my email, I either, I read it and I either respond immediately or I stick it in one of those folders and the at immediate action, I just stick all of those ones that are in there that need to be done today. So it's so easy. I mean, I cruised through 90 emails. I basically did exactly what I said. And then at the end of it, even though it looks like you're done, you have to go back to the at immediate action. And all I had was 11 emails for her to do. And she was going, oh my goodness, this is so simple. So having just like those little systems inside of things like email or inside of your Facebook, anything like that, where there's going to be text messages, whatever it is, you need to create those systems to really help you stay on top of things. Mm. As far as the at follow-up goes, yeah, is that just delaying what you have to do later though? I mean, cause eventually you're going to have to spend time with it if you don't address it immediately. Yeah. So no, the follow-up is you've sent an email out, but you're worried about them. Like, are they going to respond? Because I think some people think if I send an email to Joe, Joe's for sure going to respond back to me, but what if he doesn't? So if, if Joe doesn't respond, I can now go into my follow-up emails every week at the end of the week and go, oh, Joe still didn't respond. And then I, I email you back. So it's, it's more of, uh, instead of archiving it, I send you an email and then I throw you in my follow-up folder in case you don't get back to me because it is urgent and I need to know this week. 
Got it. Okay, yeah. then same question, but for the reference later category. Yeah, the reference later is something like, I recently shared a Google document with my team member and she wanted it to be able to go in there later or like a password or something like that where, and, and really I struggle with, do you really need it? Because you could technically just search in Gmail. It's that easy, but sometimes you just want it quick and you might not remember what it was titled. So it's more for it's people always want to save emails in their inbox. <laughs> they just are like, Oh, but I'm going to, I need that later. It's for that. So if you need it, that's where you're going to stick it. Got it. Yeah. You know, one tool that's been really helpful for me is Boomerang. Are you familiar with Boomerang? I am. Yeah. I, I love Boomerang. I think it's great. I, I just also added in, I think it's called Pause. It's this app that will, it's, an, it's a Google Chrome extension and it lets you pause your inbox so you can work in it, but not get any more emails. Oh, cool. I know it's amazing. So what's great about that is you can actually pause it and say, don't release emails until noon and then don't release them again until four o'clock. You can put as many times as you want. You can even set up an autoresponder that when it's paused, it says, hey, just so you know, my, my inbox is temporarily paused and I'll be checking it at noon. So as soon as that happens, you'll get a response from me. So it's kind of cool because I sometimes need to be in my email and do something or find something, reference something. And everybody just keeps emailing and emailing and you feel like you can't work because there's new stuff popping up. So you can now pause it. You're looking at a really pretty empty inbox and your mind is just focused on what you actually need to be doing. I love it. And for yeah. best ever listeners, in case you're not familiar with Boomerang, it's very similar to pause, but it sounds like pause has some additional functionality. But Boomerang, basically when someone emails you and you want to delay the email, then you and you don't want to immediately reply back and get get involved in a back and forth mm -hmm. email exchange then you can say all right i'm going to reply to this person but then a reply to them a day from now an hour from now three weeks from now or a particular day yeah. uh, that way you're setting expectations for the responsiveness that the response time that you have yeah. And I, I think you really probably will want pause and boomerang together because pause does not delay the messages. And you're right. There's times where that person that just doesn't stop emailing you, right? Going back and forth and you just know she's going to come back. You can <laughs> delay it and go, okay, I'm going to send this tomorrow. Or if you happen to be in your email at two in the morning and you don't want people to know yeah. you're emailing at two in the morning, you can send it out at 9am. So that's yeah. kind of cool too. Yeah. it's a great tool. Well, where can the best ever, well, first off, is there anything, and we, we I, I kind of started asking more about emails and productivity yeah. uh, because I was just fascinated by what you're up to, and I know you'd have some good info for the best ever listeners, but is there anything that we haven't discussed as it relates to identifying, is our business worth saving that you want to mention? No, I think we covered a really good part of that, and I, I really just wanted to dive in deeper to you know, do you really love what you're doing? Is it still there? Is that passion there? And, and where can we go back and find it? What's missing? Because you are really designing your life. You're figuring out what you want this to look like. So I think just take some time and figure that out and the answers will come to you. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website, you can find me at stacytushel.com. That's a little difficult to spell. So I always send people to she'sbuildingherempire.com. <laughs> um, and it's a great place. I have a lot of different tips and tools and strategies, but I do work with female entrepreneurs. So that's usually who I'm speci specifically working with. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, 
I have spelled I have it spelled properly in the show notes link. So best ever listeners, you can simply click the link in the show notes link. And Stacy, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for walking us through the core of is your business worth saving, which is the passionate question. And then if they used to be passionate, but they're no longer than identifying what can they be removing from their plate and delegating to others so that they can focus on what they're good at. And you said how some people are afraid to look at the numbers. I know an entrepreneur, one of my really close friends who fits that to a T and it's, it's so true. And it's just something that is needs to be said and best ever listeners it's natural to feel that way if you have that that issue in your business but you got to rip the band-aid off and you got to um, know what to look for because ultimately that is the lifeblood of your business and also the email management and the productivity tips thank you for introducing pause to us as well as the label and how you use those labels within email Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. So hope you have a best ever weekend. Looking forward to staying in touch and we'll talk to you soon. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe.